When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. This show is for socially conscious leaders, entrepreneurs, CEO founders that have found success, but they yet they don't have the ideal life that they would like. And what we're going to do is bring in concepts and systems so that we can increase business with millions of additional revenue while lowering our work hours, ideally below 40 hours a week. We call this More Business, More Life. And it's an and, not an or. We don't have to have either or. We can actually systemize this to have both. And those are the concepts we're going to come with each episode. Sometimes we might talk a little bit more about business, sometimes more life, most of the time, both. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. On this episode, we get really deep and emotional. This happens a lot. We are talking about what is good business. And whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's a for-profit, like how do you do good things in the world? And then how does that interpolate into our own success, both in abundance and in satisfaction of what good things we're bringing to this earth? Then how do we do all that? And, and there's a lot of questions and a lot of philosophies and a lot of different things that we talk about. And we give examples of companies that have made it to the billion dollar level that are doing really good things at the same time. So business does not have to harm capitalism does not have to be bad it's what you do with it it's like a tool and so we're gonna open that all up and whether you believe in these things or not like just be open and curious to figure out different ways to do things on this planet to make it a better place and make sure that you have a meal and you have shelter so you can take care of your family at the same time let's jump in what is business in our definition and what is the purpose of it? There's a lot of discussion on that. And I even I've talked to people even most recently where they question the idea of business. And there's definitely been a lot of things that that are not nice and that you could even say are greedy or things when it comes to capitalism and and these things. But I think it's about defining what it is that our intention is, and then what, how are we using these things? I think about business methods, formats, even nonprofit formats, everything has a format. And then, but what are you doing with that format? For me, it's even like a hammer, right? Are we building a house or are you hurting someone? Like a hammer can hurt someone, but that doesn't mean that we don't want to ever use hammers again. It's the intention or even that money is evil, right? That money is bad. Well, no, it's what you do with money or how you interact with it. Again, money is a tool. Money is just a unit of choice as you have more money. So even when you have a cause, I've heard it said, and I don't know who said this first, so I've heard it said many times from different uh, people, but no margin, no mission, meaning that when we don't have the opportunity to have more abundance than we can shelter our missions. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the only way, right? There are some causes that just take time, right? Maybe there isn't money. Maybe money is not a requirement. So I'm, I'm also acknowledging that. I'm not saying that we have to have money in every parts of our life, but there is a lot of things that come from having more units of choice. So I wanted to open up the discussion that we can do this. And even as my children have been growing up and noticing that their dad does business, the question has been asked, what, what is business? And, and then I, I say promptly, cause this is my belief, but I say, well, it's how do you want to help people? And for me, that's always been my mission from very young age. I look at how can I add value? What can I do to make a difference? 
and that yes, that that's valuable. And then there can be an opportunity for my own care. And there's a good thing about that. See, some people would also say that, oh, well, that that receiving, because there is a give and a receive. And that's even in when we're doing trade or having that type of relationship. Maybe it's not money. Maybe I'm trading eggs for some vegetables, right? Like in a farmer's exchange. There, that is still an exchange. The the reason dollars or pieces of gold or other precious metals or other things were exchanged because it was just easier to carry on long journeys because you're not carrying all these things. You could actually carry a token of of some sort of monetary value and then trade that. But so all of this comes back to trade. It really is even living in Australia, they they even look at it that way. They use that word right now, like is your business trading? Is it open to do business? They actually say that in English terms, that is what what it is. So coming back to this, what good thing do you want to bring to the world? What good thing are you helping in the world? And when you receive back, for me, that is a gift to do more. So even in, in my mission to help as many people have the freedom they desire to create more business and more life, to create abundance around the good thing that you want to do in the world while you live the life that you want to live, this is uh, the gift that we give to the world. And there is an exchange. People do give us uh, money and other gifts for the knowledge that is is given. And that allows us to uh, do more, to produce more podcasts, to produce TV shows, to uh, go on trips and spread this good word. So in a way, you come back to what you're meant to do. And I also want to include in our discussion today with, with, with the team here is that we all a part of this is also letting you live the life you're meant to live. There's so many people out there that it might be adverse to business, but then they're also working for a business in a job, making money to pay their bills, to buy food, and they're not doing what they love. And that is also, that's something that breaks my heart. Like I, I, we're meant to do something. You're meant to, you have a calling, you have something in your life that you're passionate about on purpose. Like we don't just automatically get these passions or, well, I guess I shouldn't say in those words. I mean, maybe they come from spirit and you have this, this gift, but I, I mean, they don't just, they're not, they're not just, how do I say it? I'm losing the words, but I mean, they're there for a reason. I guess that's the best way to put it. And when we ignore it, it's a shame. And I think as the older, the older we get, like, let's say it's on the side, let's say music is your thing and you love music, but it's always been a side thing. You you play when you can, you maybe even do a gig when you can, but then we get older and more tired. And, and then the fact that you're not living in your joy will also take its toll, right? It brings more stress and things. And so then as you get older, it's, it falls deeper and deeper away. And sometimes we even become numb to what we thought we wanted to do because we just were focused on making the paycheck. So there's some need to live, right? There's some nourishment of food, uh, shelter, like basic amenities that that we want to live. And then, and then living comfortably also helps our creativity and letting us not stress. And so I guess what we're saying, and this is like a long opening, <laughs> but I think that what I'm saying is that how do we do this in a good way where we help other people? You don't have to... They're, they're, it's delusional to think that business means you have to hurt people or take from them. Now, now I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. That's the sad thing that that does happen. And then people have, it's like going outside to start your day and then someone's really mean. Then does that mean the rest of your day or the rest of your life, everyone is mean? Like everyone's mean to you in the whole world, every single human being. That's, kind of what we're saying, one bad experience, or you see a bad experience, then we're just going to put the whole lot together. All people are bad. So I, I guess I want to open it up to all those discussions. Can we do what we love? Can we make a living doing what we love? I I, I believe yes. And and I, I tell people, bring me anything and 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 stump me. And I, I, I've not been there yet. Like, so what people bring, we can create an ecosystem 
of goodness that creates something that's sustainable. We talk about sustainability a lot, a lot, and that's important, right? We want something to be sustainable. Nonprofits, for profits. If it's not sustainable, chances are it won't last, right? It'll fade away because it doesn't have the resources to keep going. And then how do we do it in a good way, right? Making sure, and for me, I don't do business if it hurts people. I don't do business if it hurts the planet. I don't, I don't want to be a part of those things. I want, and I don't think we need to. In today's uh, day, we have so much technology, so many other opportunities. There's no reason that we have to have business that hurts. If, if it's hurting, we have to time out and say, oh, what can we do different? Like, that's it. It's that simple. Like, there's another way. And we have so many choices today with technology and people and a global economy. There's no reason to not be creative enough to solve these problems. So I guess it's a big old topic today, huh, everyone? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Like, starting off, just like, what are your thoughts about doing business and doing it in a good way and then choosing what your heart desires. I guess those are the main three th themes here out of that whole ramble. Thanks for letting me just ramble. I think that's good. I think that's where the good stuff comes from. Just sort of see where it goes. I think we started with like a sentence to figure out what we wanted this podcast to be. And then you never know where it's going to go. And I think the first thing you said, like, can we do what we love is a big one. And I think Maybe some people might think they are doing what they love. I know that I was doing what I loved or maybe I loved it at one point, but it did get to a place to where I was numb. Like you said, it was just going through the motions to collect a paycheck and it was just what I felt like I had to do. And now letting go of that and actually stepping into what I really think I meant to do and loving that in a whole different, much more positive way is it's totally different. But to your point, I think the thing I wrote down was like the fair exchange. There has to be a fair exchange. And it is an exchange. Like we are giving value. We are providing services, products, whatever that might be. And then, you know, what is appropriate to get for your time for the value that you're giving to people? And I think that's something we were talking about is maybe a lot of people don't know what to offer or like what is an appropriate thing to charge for their services, but you have to, it has to be appropriate in order for you to do the things that you want to do in order you, for you to provide the level of service that you want to provide and also to allow you to have the abundance that you need for your life and then give back. And it's to your point, like if you, if you have more units of choice, then there's more good that you can do in the world. So I think I'm veering even off the several topics <laughs> that you brought up, but I think that that whole fair exchange thing is like, we can do what we love. We can charge what we're worth to do that. And then what, but what does that really look like? Like, what is that going to give back to the world, to the planet, to our families? That. And it's interesting because I think in this day and age, in a lot of cases, we have to think about the company as a company as ourself. We are connected to the company. And so you see things like ESG coming out where people are, as a company, they're focusing on the environment, social aspects, as well as corporate governance to kind of mitigate risk. But it it is also how you build the planet in a way that is just so much more healthy, more positive. And I think to the extent that investments are made that connect those things to your to your values. So it's it's all about you're running the company. You have the opportunity to do good in the world. Why wouldn't you? It can't just be about profit. Yeah, what are you watering? Isn't if are you feeding good or or not? It's 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 quite that simple in a way. So there's two books I'll recommend for people right off the bat: Conscious Capitalism and Firms of Endearment. Both great books talking about just the power of this movement. And before we started this, Melissa and I were talking about like the how many different names you can call yourself within this category of doing good doing business as a good. But with firms of endearment, I want to bring this to attention. If 
people have that notion that business, if you have a good business, you're not going to make much money in it. In there, there's a study, I believe, that they they did a comparison of Fortune 500 companies uh, on the S&P 500 and these firms of endearment that they called, and they tracked them. They did. They went back in the past and like did all the data and stuff like that, and they showed that the firms of endearment actually outperformed the S&P 500, like considerably significant numbers of outperforming them. And so like getting back to like that profit aspect of it, like you actually doing business, especially today, and especially in today's world where so many people are aware of the bad businesses because of social media and people wanting to be connected with something that has meaning behind it now. Right. Like I think we're we've gone through this phase of when the internet first came. And I was talking with somebody about this, but like when the first when the internet first came and like YouTube and like Instagram and stuff like that, it was it, everything was new, right? And so whoever became the most viewed, right, you kind of just followed along. But like now people are looking for authenticity and not just within like the people that they're following, the influencers or whatnot, but the businesses, right? Businesses are now like influencers, right? And I think more and more, not think, I know more and more people want to have authentic connections with authentic companies that are actually doing some good. And it might be more like the millennials and Gen Zs and I don't know who's after that. I don't know what we're on, Gen AA or something like that. I think we're back at the top of the alphabet and just doubling up the letters. I have no glitch. I did up. I think, no, I think you're right about that, though. My kids are saying something about that. And isn't that crazy that we're all the way starting over? Oh, here we are. Yeah. But yeah, but I think people are looking for that authenticity and, and like want companies that are actually doing good. And and maybe we should bring up like what is good, right? Because there's so many different aspects of good. Like you can be good in the way you take care of your employees, the all the vendors, the people aspect of it. There's good in the environmental aspect of it. There's good in this, like the supply chain or whatever, like whatever it may be. So it's like just whatever your industry and and focusing on like one thing to start if you if you think you're not a good business. But I think most people, I don't think most people go out to start a bad business or like do bad, right? Like it's just like humans, like we're, we're always doing the best that we can, right? With the options we have on our menu kind of a thing. But. Well, and I think that's where it's explosive online and in a delusional way that you you have one really bad story and then and then it it gets defined as the lot, right? The, the whole amount. And 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 I do believe that, Giovanni, I think more people wake up. It's rare to find someone that wakes up in the morning and they stretch and they're like, oh, I can't wait to like break some stuff and hurt people. So let's go. Like that now, I'm not saying that that's not there, and those people need a lot of help because usually that's mental health issues at a high level, right? And and so I'm not saying that that's a zero. Like obviously we have historic evidence that there are people, but even in their mind they thought they were they might have thought they were doing good, right? Like so even in that in their thing, so you know so that's good that you're bringing up what is good, Giovanni. I think you know for me just doubling down on that is like is 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 harm done and then but even that right like what is harm like how is this affecting things and and it doesn't happen right away so that's why i wanted to jump in here because like even reading about patagonia and i have not studied everything about them but there's some great things from patagonia i mean even in the 1980s they had made childcare a must they like made it a, a company mandate and they created uh, childcare. If you were a nursing mother and you were one of their executives, and and there was travel involved, they like gave for the first year they gave you like a nanny, like to travel with you, like crazy stuff in the 1980s, right? Like that's way ahead of time. And there's even stories now that kids that were in that program that grew up around the business they now work at Patagonia. It's like a family business the whole time even though it became a billion dollar company, which then transcends a mom and pop, but they tried to keep that mom and pop feeling throughout its growth 
is just amazing. And then for the founder to not feel good about selling the company as he's ready to retire, he created a nonprofit to govern, talk about governance, Melissa, like to govern the company and the whole mission of the company is to do good in the world. The only reason they're in business to make money is to do good in the world. Now, back to what you said, it takes time, Giovanni, and you have to do one thing at a time. When they found out that some of their chemicals were, they thought they were doing really good. And then they found out, like, sometimes you think you're doing something good. You think you're using a good chemical. And then new evidence comes out that this chemical and textile is doing bad. There, I remember reading one of the books it took them four years to phase it out. Like it took that long because they were at such an operation. It took four years, but in four years they did it. And then they tried, they doubled down in other areas doing all kinds of other environmental things to try to make up that four years. Like how can we like clean to help and these things. And so it's just being aware and not turning your head. Like, so this is where it comes back to challenges. These are challenges like, okay, how do we make clothes without putting dye, poisonous dyes into the water and harming the people that are making it and harming the people that are wearing it or even that it's washed every day. And then that water goes out back into the rivers and, and our water supply. So these things make a big circle. Well, and I think it too, like it comes back to what you always mention, right? Within a business, like what's your mission? But like his mission, right? From when he started the the company, like, to be able to like recognize or to find out that your some dye you're using is causing damage to the the environment to then be like okay we're phasing this out like that comes back to your mission because otherwise if there's no mission and all they care about was money then they would have not even blinked twice about it right and so like what is your yeah what is your mission in your company like i think all of it comes back to that cuz like cuz like what came to mind when you were first talking about like the the nanny and the daycare and stuff like that within the company, it's like, he's people-centric, right? And you take care of the people, like, that's good. Like, people aren't just a resource, right? They're people. Like, if you think of them as human beings that are helping you create your mission, like, you're going to try to do your best to to create the best environment for them, right? And so that's what kind of came to mind. It's like, he, he was people-centric, and that's good, right? And like, focusing on the people. Then he they also focus on the environment when they know... Because I know they they did something like similar to like what Elon Musk did when when Tesla first came out. Like he opened the platforms like Tesla was like, you know, hey, here's our structure of the battery. Like we want more electric cars, right, to get off of fossil fuels. Like here's this platform. You guys use it to build your own, the rest of the, the other cars. And I remember hearing reading an article, Patagonia saying like, hey, here's kind of our proprietary textiles that we're creating that are environmentally friendly. And I'm like that here, like come join us so that we can make it cheaper to have these better quality, better, more environmentally friendly products. Because the more people that are buying into it, the other companies that are buying into it, it's going to lower the price, right? And so like they kind of open that up, like here's almost like our proprietary materials join us in creating this environmentally friendly uh, textiles. This is where you're nailing it. Like in his book, by the way, Let My People Go Surf. Yeah, and that was their whole thing. They're like mountain climbers and surfers and they were making money so they could do what they love. That was the whole goal of Patagonia was how do we make enough money? So they like literally did climbing clamps and they made things better. Like, so they were climbing and they're like, oh, this clamp doesn't work the way I want. So they became fabricators. How do I make a better clamp? And they reinvented some of the climbing equipment that's still used today. And, and then also, because there's nails, they actually put nails so they can like stand when you're going up the side of a cliff and it was ruining the mountains. So they made uh, a better way to do that without ruining the environment. All these things that you can read in the book, let my people go surf. So they were one trying to make better equipment. So if we go on the mountain, we're not destroying the mountain and then making it harder for someone else to climb because they're going up faces of mountains. And then they're like, there's destruction from previous climbers and so they're always doing, like, again, it goes back to the mission, like you're saying, Giovanni, but then this is not new information. I was just going to look up here. I have built to last in my hand right now. And I was trying to look at the first copyright 1994. I know they did most of the data in the eighties, but the whole idea behind built to last is they're comparing uh, companies that were just there to make money versus companies that actually, so they looked, well, and for, actually their first discovery was 
what makes some companies last a hundred years and others. And the one, the one main thread, there's a lot in this book and it's very data centric. So they compare companies that made it that were in the same category and even the same size and they put it next to each other. And they, why did one fall away and no one knows their name anymore? And another one survived. And, and the main reason they came to was two main things. There's more, again, there's more I'm under summarize or how do you call it? I'm like over summarizing. It's that they had a core purpose, that they had something bigger. They had a why that was bigger than making money and that they stuck to that purpose. And then they were flex, extremely flexible on how they did it. That was the two main things. So imagine you have something that's your rock. We're This is what we're going to do in the world. And then we're going to be extremely flexible about how we do it. And the same thing goes back to Patagonia. They're making textiles and that whole thing. They wanted jackets that were lighter. So they had lighter things to carry on their back when they're climbing up mountains. So they wanted to go surf. They were reinventing the, the materials that they needed to go do those fun things. At the same time, they were making it better and more environmentally friendly and taking care of their people. Right. And so in this book, I know like Southwest is an example, and you may think differently of them now and companies have grown. And some of the companies in this book are not living by this anymore. And probably the authors would tell you now that they've given up on those, they're probably not going to be lasting. Right. So as soon as you lose these values, your rock is gone. It's like, it's like destroying your foundation. Then how is the house going to stay up? So some of the companies in here from the eighties that were awesome. Maybe they're not so awesome anymore. Maybe, maybe anyway, but you can look at that, but Southwest, when they became a publicly traded company, it's in there. When you sign all the agreements to become a publicly traded company, one of the main things is the fiduciary responsibility, right? Like the main responsibility of a publicly traded company is to their investors, right? And this is the main dilemma with with arguments against capitalism is a lot about publicly traded companies because then now we're not about people. So this is where decisions will be made at the financial level for a big company that's publicly traded and they'll like lay people off or they'll, oh, we can't pay for organic chemicals because then we're not going to make money for our investors, right? So they 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 make these decisions based on that one thing. And Southwest got in trouble. I think this is in the 60s or the 70s. I think it was in the late 60s. I want to guess. I can't remember the date. It's in the book. but And you can probably look it up, the founding of Southwest. But the CEO at the time said, we're not going to do that publicly. After they went, pub after they went public, they said, we're not going to put our investors first. And everyone's like, what? You're going to get sued. They're going to shut you down. Like it was all over the press. So like, you can't do that. It's illegal, right? They literally had laws and contracts. But then they made the argument and somehow they made it work. And I don't know all the history. Maybe someone can chime in on more history on this. But what he said openly was, and then because people would say, oh, what is it? The customer, the customer's always right. And he said, no, it's not the customer. And they're like, well, then what is it? And he said, it's our people. It's our team. It's our employees. Those come first. So Southwest is going to stand by our employees. We're going to take care of them. And we believe that if we take care of our employees, then they will take care of our customers. And when that happens, then our customers will be so happy that they'll come back and then we will have a return for our investors. So it's our people first and then our customer and then our investors. And if you do it in that order, they believed and they were like, so I don't know where they are today. And I know there's been press that's not been favorable recently, but the thing about it from, and this is maybe like five years ago. So pre COVID and stuff, I, they, I think it's like 40 some years, the longest running profitable airline in history, over 40 years profitable. And they did it different. Now I can't say that they're doing it the same. I, I can only hope that the leaders of these companies should go back and read this book. Have they ever even read this book? Do they even remember why their company started? Please go read about why purpose first actually makes more profitable. And back to Patagonia, we spent a lot of time talking about Patagonia today, but they are a, a, over a billion dollar private company, not public. Because again, when you go public, there's a risk to lose your vision.
because you no longer have full say. You, the public owns you, technically, but there's mass investors that have all the shares and then they own it and da 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 da. But there is a, lo a loss of control, and that's why the founder of Patagonia did not sell. That's why he did not go public because he would have lost that. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to have an expression of gratitude right now for Pro Audio Voices. They're the ones that uh, produce my podcast and Becky and her team are amazing. And for those of you that know me, I'm all about WOW clients, WOW partners, and Pro Audio Voices is a WOW partner for me. And if you want to learn more, you can go to ProAudioVoices.com and you can learn about them. They also do audiobooks, and they're just amazing people. Thank you, Becky. They've now created benefit corporations, B Corps, right? Where you are no longer beholden to this, the shareholders, but to the stakeholders. Or my other reverse, but it's like you don't have to for yet. Like profits don't have to come first, and you can focus on the mission. And people investing in your company realize that that's more important than like the return they'll get on it. And I know, I know, there's two versions of B Corp. There's the actual legal corporation B Corp, and then there's a certification that you the company can get. But like it's yeah, I think that's a testament to like how things are changing because that wasn't. That didn't exist, I think, I don't know how many years ago, right? Maybe 10 or something years ago, maybe more. And it still doesn't in all states. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's a state-driven. Corporations are derived by the state that they come from. They're an entity in that state. And not all states even recognize that, what you're saying, Giovanni. And that's why the certification came, because then if your business is in a state that doesn't have that, you can still certify and warrant by a third party that you're doing that. Yeah, and it hasn't been that long because I think the B Lab started in 2006, if I remember, with like 82 companies in 2007 becoming B Corp certified. So, I mean, how you even create something that said, I want to do this differently. We, we all have the opportunity to create something that doesn't exist. And I would say in this day and age, we are seeing that before our eyes rapidly rapidly a lot <laughs> right i mean yeah i mean the things that we've seen even just in terms of like 9 11 who knew we were gonna like shut down all the airports right i mean there's so many things that are happening that you never probably thought you would see but people are starting to make right choices to focus on making sure that people are safe and that we aren't harming the planet. So, Melissa, why don't you share what you put in the, that you're just pulling up, because you had the exact information about Patagonia. Oh, yeah. I just think it was so amazing because the founder of the business, Schwinard, I think is how you say his name, but rather than selling the company or taking it public, him, his wife, and two adult children transferred their ownership of Patagonia which was valued at about $3 billion with a B to spe specially designed to a specially designed trust and a nonprofit organization. That's like really taking it to the next level, right? Cause it's not about just when you, you have succession planning as a business, but it's like, I want to make sure that this is a major force for good for decades hundreds of years to come i mean it's amazing yeah and he said on the website i'm giving my company to the world i think that's one thing that a lot of american companies don't have and you mentioned this before steve is or and i've read it as other places too but like american businesses are very short term like only thinking maybe 20 years if that like maybe i think like five to ten years that they think out but like japanese companies are thinking like 50 plus years, like 100 years, like where's the company going to be in 100 years? They're very long, um, uh, long-term minded. And I think Patagonia is like one of the few American companies that's like, no, this is going to be around as long as the world. <laughs> like they're like 200 years, they're going to still be around like because their mission, like I, I'm, their mission, I, where do I find it? Oh yeah, their mission is we're in business to save our home planet, right? And I say they just happen to make athletic or 
outdoor gear, right? And that helps the planet, but. Because that's what they love. Because that's what they love. So he founded it because he loved the climb. He loved the surf. And he wanted to be able to do it better and not have things that were hurting the planet while he was enjoying his sport. And then he created that uh, company. Again, going back to what he loved. And the main thing, like when they started the company was so they could go surf. He wanted a company to make enough money so he could live a good life and he could climb mountains and surf. And he did it. Three billion dollars did it. (laughs) One of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time Magazine in 2023. Yeah, they're like, there's the tip of the iceberg. Like there's so many so many more companies that maybe not at that level of Patagonia, like Patagonia is like just like the poster child for this, right? This movement. But there's so many companies, whether it's a, a solopreneur or they have 20 or 30 or 100 employees or whatever. There's so many different, like it's, you can go down the rabbit hole. If you just start doing searches for conscious companies, purpose-driven companies, socially conscious companies, whatever you want to label it at, like you, you'll start seeing like, oh my gosh, for any industry, I would say probably for any industry out there currently, you can find a purpose-driven conscious company that's doing the same thing, probably at a higher quality and doing better for the environment and the people that are involved in it. And you might pay a little bit more, but then I would ask or rephrase it as like, is it worth it to ha- support a company who's actually helping the planet rather than destroying the planet? It's kind of like taking care of yourself before you have to go to the doctor, right? And like just working on symptoms, like it's supporting a company that's helping the planet and the people and like all that stuff. Yeah, you might pay a little bit more, but I found though they typically have better quality than the cheaper stuff in in the same category of of that industry or whatnot. And then you spend less. So I have dress shoes that I've had over a decade. And when I was younger, I even would go to like Payless, an American like cheap shoe store because I couldn't afford it. I just needed some quick dress shoes, put those on and they would die and my feet would hurt, my back would hurt because they're a piece of junk. So it's hurting my body. It's probably made with the wrong labor and mistreated labor. All these things. I'm not saying I did mention Payless, but there that's in all kinds of stores, right? You can see, what do they call it? Fast fashion or whatever. I mean, this is like transcends all different kinds of places. But then when you buy a quality handcrafted thing, now if you take care of those shoes, like literally, I'm not joking. I've had shoes that I've taken care of. You polish it, you can resole them. And I've had them over a decade and they're comfortable. I can wear them all day long. So the thing about that, it's the same with furniture. Like, have you noticed too, like my grandparents had furniture that still exists now as in some of my aunt's houses and, and places, different houses, because the things last, right? So then again, we're not wasting, we're making things that last. And so you might buy a more expensive table, but it could be in your family for generations, right? Which is unheard of now. It's like, oh, we're moving. You're moving the table. The leg falls off. Oh, throw it away. Don't put it in the moving truck. It's garbage. Like this is what we're, we're talking about. What, how can we make, go backwards a little bit, right? I think this is the pendulum flows, right? Like, so we're having like really hard labor. Everything has to be handcrafted to all this automation and technology. And then we do things really fast. We need to come into the middle, right? And even that's the thing about capitalism, right? Like you can say communism or capitalism and then, but really the middle, like, right. Like you don't want, you need to take care of people, but you also need to be, have free ability to have freedom, right? Where we don't have to, everyone makes the same amount of money and, and no, and there's no differences. And if you look at those countries, they suffered, right? There's no invention, no ingenuity. Like there's no reason to be imaginative because everything was the same and you were going to be no difference. So But it doesn't mean that we have to be ruthless and take, take, take and do all these things to make a dollar and hurt people. That's what we're trying to, we're saying here. And then if you look at these companies and I love what you're saying, Giovanni, like you see it everywhere, but this is not on the news every day, right? These are the things that we're not celebrating, that there are people making good things. And I would bet, and we can do because of history and we look at Patagonia and we look at Built to Last and other books that uh, these are decades. This is not like brand new, like four years. This is like stuff showing from the last hundred years. 
the last 100 years of data of the companies that have made an impact in the world, made it a better place, and they made the, the business that lasts from the 1800s to now. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is this is not new. It just needs to be shared louder and more. And we need to say that we can make the world a better place and we can provide. Patagonia provides for so many lives, right? As employees, it provides good material for so many families to wear and go hiking and mountain climbing. It provides to help our, our, our earth. What good thing do you want to bring to the world and then do that? And if you don't want to be the inventor, not everyone has to be the entrepreneur. Not everyone has to be the dreamer, but you can go work for that company. So where do you work? Like, look around. Are you okay with what's going on? Are you going to show up and hold up something that's hurting someone? Now, I'm not saying don't feed your family, quit your job today and run out. You do what feels right to you. But like Patagonia, when they found that they were polluting the world, it took them in some cases like four years to transition. So maybe you need a transition plan. But sitting around, I tell people like when we talk about these things, they're like, yeah, to fix the world, it's like climbing Mount Everest. It may be. But do we want to sit at the bottom of the mountain and look up and dream about being up there? Or are we going to start taking the first step? You're not going to get to the top of the mountain if you just sit here and cry about it or complain about it. We got to go. And it's going to take a journey. Like, you don't, you, you, you don't create a mess, right? I mean, you can have a party. Has anybody ever had a party? And then you wake up in the morning, and you're like, man, my house is trashed. Like, uh, maybe in your college days or something. But the, the reality is, even on like a, a big dinner with my family, like we might get, you might be all tired and enjoying your, each other and enjoying each other's company. And you, you just say, we'll do the dishes tomorrow. And it's always harder, right? The food's stuck on there. You got to scrub more. It always takes more time, but you get it done and you put all the plates away and you move on. So just cause it's a little harder and we've made a mess. <laughs> There's some messy stuff in the world right now. So we got to get our gloves on and start scrubbing. Like it's time to clean up. I'm a little emotional, everyone. <laughs> like this is. It's really important, actually. And even just hearing everybody talk, like patronizing these companies and actually seeking out and being more intentional about working with companies who are putting in this effort, who are creating their whole company around doing good is an investment in ourselves. It's an investment in our future, in our health, in our children and their children and their children like not only is it going to make us happier with what we have now and like you said a product that's built to last but it's actually going to contribute to our legacy like our future so it is that it's a small thing that we can do with our consumption in the world but it, it actually will make a big impact if everybody starts to do that and it is really easy to just buy the cheap thing. And I have to say I am guilty of it, but I definitely have more awareness around that. And I'm trying to make that change because I do believe in it. And so I think it starts with that, that awareness and then choosing what's the choice you're going to make. And I'm talking about from like a consumer standpoint, but if you think about like the companies who are building their business in this way, they're doing it for good and then we can support them. So you actually will start to get more people. And even looking on the Patagonia's website, I was just sort of skimming over some of the blogs and stuff. And it talks about there was the interview with their chief of like philosophy. So they even have somebody who's just in charge of like maintaining the philosophy of the company and how that trickles down. But just talking about even like post pandemic, have things changed in terms of their responsibility and it's like, I don't think that the companies who are always doing good will continue to do more good. It's not that they're going to necessarily level up, but there is more of a transparency, I think, over the last couple of years. Like people can find out more about who is doing things, who is doing good and who is not. Like we do have more, I think, transparency into that. So it can help us make a better choice. Absolutely. Yeah. It's walking up the mountain, right? One step at a time. And I was just going to add, I think that's why when we talk about intention, intention is so important because not only as a consumer of what you're consuming, but what you are putting out into the world every day, 
and what you intend for that moment, that day, that hour, your lifetime. I think sometimes we just kind of skip over intentionality. We wake up and we do things. And even though our mission may be like Patagonia's, I don't know, to save our home planet, we don't intentionally wake up and say, I am going to do something today. One thing, maybe it's only one thing. What am I going to do today? That's why I so appreciate you, Steve, because I'm I'm still learning how to be socially conscious. But to me, I sit here and I go, if I could just do one thing, one thing, it'll make a difference. Just start with one thing. Just be a good neighbor. I mean, even that is one thing. Say hello to your neighbor. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple, right? It could be so simple. Like we've talked about big things today, Melissa, as you, everyone knows here, but we're not saying that that's the way. Maybe that is your one thing. Maybe you see a vision of something that needs to be solved. And like Giovanni said, almost every industry you can see a company doing good. But what if you find one that's not? Then that could be your thing. You could like go do it. But then also, I think we were missing out on the the neighborly thing. We need to go back to simple things. Like I say this often, but, and right now, like the politics are crazy in this, in our country, in the United States of America, this is where we're recording this podcast from. And, and there are many governments that have crazy things going on. It all looks like different flavors and stuff, but I want to say we need to, in our, in the United States, we need to stop worrying about the white house and we need to start working on our house. And that means making these decisions like we're talking about and then, and then let it go out like a target. Take care of you and your family and then help your neighbor. Like if you just start at home, if everyone uh, who listens to this podcast does that, that already makes an impact. So that's to your one thing, Melissa, like it doesn't have to be this gigantic thing. It could be, but then break that down into small steps. But right now, like just be a good neighbor. We, we need more love. We need more people like opening their arms of love. And, and that means not judging. Like there's so much judgment right now as well. And just like love, like, and be curious if someone's different than you, be curious what's going on for, for them to be there. And even if you disagree, well, what, how, what happened? What, why, why do they believe this and get to know them? Love rejecting doesn't serve. It just creates more walls and it, it, it ruins the opportunity to be a good neighbor. You don't have to agree with everything that your neighbor does, but they are a human being and they're doing the best that they can with the, with the menu that they have. Maybe your menu has more options than theirs. So just start with kindness, kindness and love and openness and curiosity. And then that starts conversation. And then you start to realize you're not alone. Do you know we have more people on the planet, right? Then I think, I don't know if it's ever in recorded history, right? This has got to be the most we've ever had. And that yet we have more people on the planet feeling alone. What the hell? <laughs> well, we've come to an end of another amazing podcast. I love doing podcasts with you three. Thank you for being with me on this journey. And I guess, is there any last thoughts before we wrap up this amazing discussion everyone's letting this soak into their dna and i hope this was something valuable for everyone listening and i love that melissa brought up the one thing like what's the one thing you can do different today and maybe it's just saying hello to someone in line at a store or maybe you can go get to know your neighbor like i've met so many people they don't even know the people that live next to them or in the same building so just open your mouth and say hello or whatever language you're speaking and whatever area of the world you're in and be wildly curious. What can you do to be a better neighbor? And if you're in a job, chances are, if you're working, let's put it this way in closing, like if you're doing something every day, whether you work for a nonprofit, whether you work for the government, whether you work in a church whether you work in a business, how are you making things better? 
How are you helping people, the planet, or your community? And if you don't know, then go ask the leadership of the whatever organization you're in. Like, what are we doing? Why, what, why are we here? And then maybe you have to question where you go every day. This is your life. One day you're going to wake up and years are going to pass and you're going to be like deciding to retire or hopefully you don't get hurt or sick and then it comes to an end that way. But life is not forever in this body. In our spirit, it is. I do believe we're infinite in our spirit, but not in our physical body. So ponder that as we complete this podcast. And what are you doing with your time? What are you doing? And I understand that it might be scary. Maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck right now. Maybe, and maybe, or maybe you're one of the ones that are starting a business to change the world and you're struggling to make it work and you're working crazy hours. Come back to why you're doing it. And then remember, there's always another way. There's always a different way to do it. There's always a way to make it easier. There's a way to do the work you're doing. And we live in a world of more choice than ever, ever before recorded in in, in history with more choices with technology and and global connections so we can get anywhere on the planet with most of within a day by flight and by phone and zoom instantaneously just some thoughts to close on so have a wonderful rest of your day wherever you are listening to this thank you so much for listening your your listening is a contribution to us if you love this please share it with others and because that spreads this good word and then let us know Let us know what the biggest takeaway was. Let us know what you'd like to hear more. Please uh, uh, do that. We want to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Until our next podcast, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.